That's right. It's banter of truth. Banter of truth without Jimmy. Uh, we got only half the banter, really, because uh, Jimmy's not here. Jimmy is in Europe, all over the place, uh, flying around, taking trains, planes, automobiles, uh, just without uh, John Candy, right? Is that who's in planes, trains, and automobiles? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And Steve Martin, yeah. Steve yep. Martin, right. Good, good show. But you know what's better than Jimmy? <laughs> Krista McDunn. Hey, how's hey, it going? Get that, get on that mic. I'm right there. Yeah, you can move it, you know. I know. You can, you can like, bring it down closer. I guess so I could. So you can relax. You oh, look yeah. really there we stiff. See, right. now you're more relaxed. Because now, now I was sitting up too tall. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. You, you've been working today. I was working today. Counseling people, helping people. Day. Yep. And now we get to hang out. We get to talk a little bit. And uh, everybody wants you on. Everybody wants you to have your own podcast. Everybody wants you to do this on the regular. Uh, yeah. You're not yeah. busy. Come on. Do no, something. No, I know. <laughs> you got lots of gas in the tank after. Maybe someday. I don't know. We'll see. After helping people with their burdens process. Yeah. Get healthy. There's a lot going on out there. Man. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, I feel like it's a, it's a special person, a called person that does what you do like professional counseling because I mean as a pastor I you know I, I help people I serve people I do some sort of counseling even not professional counseling right it's more like discipling and whatnot but uh, I know I feel the weight of that and that you are that's that's what you do that's everything right. that's a well, lot you, you have your own calling obviously <laughs> that is also very heavy you know in a different way but yeah it is but I think when you are called to something like that he God gives you what you need to get through it. Yeah. You know, he that's yeah, that's my prayer every day is just give me what I need to help people and he does. So, you know, laboring with all his energy, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. It's a good thing that he he calls and equips and mm-hmm. uh, goes uses us beyond our abilities because otherwise we'd be crashing and burning all Indeed. the time. So we were going to get together. We were going to have a real fun talk. We were going to talk about leggings and lust. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. We're going to do it too. If you guys want us to talk about hashtag leggings and lust, uh, let us know. And uh, we'll bring Krista on and we will talk about that. But uh, then everything got really dark and yep. it felt like not not the right time Nope. to to have a fun conversation about that. Not only do we have, uh, you know, the, 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 the shooting that just mm. happened, uh, which is just wicked and evil and tragic and heartbreaking. Uh, we also have this, uh, this guidepost solutions report that came out that everybody's talking about. And I, I you know, Jimmy was out of, Jimmy is out of, out of the country. I got COVID. So we're, we've got a week missing when we couldn't really get to this, uh, really quick and so um this is the first chance we've had to really um get into it uh so for those of you who don't know i would imagine all of our listeners know or most of our listeners know but um there was a sex abuse task force that was created uh to investigate some accusations uh, that related to the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention and how they handled allegations of sexual abuse. And um, this task force was called for, not from the platform of leaders at the Southern Baptist Convention last year, um, this was called for by messengers, mm-hmm. regular church folk, said, hey, listen, we've heard these accusations uh, flying around, and uh, and we move that this task force be put together to a thorough investigation we want the task force uh to go in to to do whatever they need to do we we want the executive committee to waive their attorney client privilege so that we get all the information and everything because we want to know what's up 
So this came from our churches, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. It shows courage. It shows conviction. And uh, yeah, they, some, of the, some of those high ups on the executive committee, they weren't, uh, they weren't so excited about, well, they certainly weren't excited. Some of them were not excited about waiving attorney-client privilege. I can see why now yeah. that I've read some things. <laughs> so, I mean, this has been dominating mm-hmm. my uh, my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I mean, what fifty percent? I think of everything that I see. There's, you know, there's some there's some Bigfoot. There's some uh, uh, there's some pop culture stuff, and then there's this. This is basically what it is. Oh, I guess there's also some uh, classical theism stuff too going on. But this is dominating everything, and appropriately so, because mm-hmm. what came out in a, a two hundred and eighty page. Uh, investigative summary report or whatever report right. uh, is huge. Um, if now We'll have links to this in the show notes, so you'll be able to read it if you haven't yet. You can download the PDF. And if you don't want to read all 200 and something pages or you just can't, there is an executive summary like there is at the beginning of any of these kinds of reports. And that's pages like 3 to 12 or something. And that will tell you basically what's in this report. So please read that if you haven't yet. So, Chris, I know you had a chance to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is your takeaway when you're looking at like what happened? How would you, if you had to explain this to somebody to the best of your ability, um, what did the executive committee do? Now, by the way, if you don't know what the executive committee is, the executive committee are basically our, our elected leaders who run the Southern Baptist Convention in between our annual meetings. Right? So they make sure the bills are getting paid, that, that, the, that the convention is operating in the way that it's supposed to operate according to the directions of our messengers, right? So they, uh, they keep things running. So they're moving things along. What, what's the, what happened? What's, what's been going on according to this, uh, this report? Well, it looks like back... In the early 2000s, there were people that came forward, women who came forward with concerns about sexual abuse when they saw, um, frankly, the people that abused them serving, continuing to serve in churches and things like that. And so they went to the SBC uh, executive committee, shared their concerns, uh, wrote letters, emails, you know, whatever kind of correspondence they could. And... It, based on this report, members of the executive committee basically just kind of shoved it under the rug, just kind of brushed yeah. it aside. Um, and these were people that were not just reporting about cases of sexual abuse, but their own Yeah, um, it was their sexual abuse. Yeah. Exactly. They were the victim. It wasn't like, oh, I heard this happened. They were, they were saying it happened to me. Mm. And um, and then in the process were not only was it brushed aside, but then as they continued to push because and I did not get a sense that it was out of retribution, out of revenge, out of being vengeful in any way, but more out of concern for other people. They did not want to see this happen to anyone else. So they continued to push and then it got really ugly for them. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's the opening paragraph of the executive summary. For almost two decades, survivors of abuse and other concerned Southern Baptists have been contacting the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee to report child molesters and other abusers who were in the pulpit or employed as church staff. They made phone calls, mailed letters, sent emails, appeared at SBC and EC meetings, held rallies, and contacted the press, only to be met time and time again with resistance, stonewalling, and even outright hostility from some within the EC. So 
it wasn't everybody on the executive committee, Mm-mm. but what the, the what this um, research shows, what this investigation shows, is that there were a number of people at the top of the executive committee who were basically fielding these calls and then shutting them down. They were, uh, when things did go beyond them, they were antagonistic towards the victims, mm-hmm. uh, attributed their motives to Satan. Right, just horrible. When I was reading this, I was like, dang, the, the SPC has its own deep state. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. You know, we, we think of that in our own government. People talk about that, whether we do or we don't. It's a whole nother discussion. Mm-hmm. But that's what it seemed like, that there were this handful of people, um, including some lawyers, who were just making these decisions. And, you know, I, I was reading it and I was thinking, like, the president didn't get to weigh in on this. They, they didn't include them. You know, and it details who was president at the time and, you know, things like that. And sometimes they were informed, other times they weren't, it seemed like, or they were maybe told after the fact. I don't know. But it just it just felt really weird that it was just this handful of people and everyone else was in the dark. And as I was reading this, you know, you talked about your Twitter feed and everything. And usually I feel like it's just a hot mess most of the time. I was reading this and I, I thought two things. Thank God for the Houston Chronicle. Yeah. And thank God for Twitter. Right. Because these people were not gonna be brushed aside anymore. Right. And they used the only means that were left to them. And th- and now here we are. You know, the messengers yeah. heard that, they saw that, and they said enough's enough. We want to know what's going on. And for me, that's that's the one good thing in this is that because everybody's focusing on the bad, and the bad is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. This is horrific stuff. But the good is, is that this came about because messengers, that is, you know, Southern Baptist church members who were at the convention last year demanded that this happen. So this isn't like some, you know, investigative journalist digging things up and surprising us all. We said, hey, something's going on. Right. We want to know what's going on. And so now we know, and now we have a chance to deal with it. How bad is it? Well, the report goes through, you know, um, the mishandling of abuse allegations and the mistreatment of victims they're very specific they give examples they have emails uh it's it's really bad one of the surprising things and a lot of it's not surprising because we had heard of some of this stuff um some of it's surprising all of it's grievous but for me when i was reading this the first time through i was like johnny hunt johnny Hunt was the president from 2008 to 2010 and um he I mean, he's a big deal in Southern Baptist life. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's he's a well-respected, uh, you know, little fiery preacher guy. Uh, you know, and I don't mean that dismissively. He's a, he's like me. He's short, and uh, he's animated, and he's his name is associated with seminaries and uh, and programs and schools and and all of this. So he's loved by Calvinists and non-Calvinists, even though he's super you know anti-Calvinist. He's you know he by by general consensus, Johnny Hunt good guy yeah he was well respected and you know in during this investigation uh they got a report that uh that johnny hunt had sexually assaulted a a woman a wife uh back in 2010 and uh the reason they included this in the report is because they found in their investigation that the wife and her husband were credible the report was corroborated in part by a counseling minister three other witnesses and uh, the investigators did not find Dr. Hunt's statements related to this sexual assault allegation to be credible. So that, on top of 
everything was already bad and and horrible. Now we have not just leadership mishandling allegations, but potentially being perpetrators right. of sexual abuse. And so, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, if you read the the uh, the summary here, the the executive summary. It's discouraging. If you bother to read the whole thing, the details are just going to be overwhelming for some of you. So for some of you, it might not be the greatest yeah, thing because they're trigger warning, right? For real. I was so angry earlier today when I was reading it. I was glad I saw clients that helped me calm down. <laughs> you can put, actually put your hands on people metaphorically and help them, right? <laughs> well, I was like, it channeled my thinking a different way. So we have, yeah. you know, these these allegations of, of mishandling or the mishandling of, of abuse allegations, the mistreatment of victims um and they were you know they even they, the way they talked about the victims you know mm. in-house and the, and the, the way that they really shut down communication with them so as to avoid potential litigation as if you know frankly as if covering our butts is more important right than taking care of people who are in need that's exactly what i thought and using the excuse of well they don't understand our polity that's what I kept reading, right? They don't understand our polity. And it's like, okay, great. So we're this group of churches who are independent and self-governed that come together to do great things like support missionaries and plant other churches, which is great. So I'm all for that decentralization. That's awesome. And we, But we can band together to do great things. But now you're using that very thing mm. that's supposed to be for good to not take care of the very people that you're supposed to be serving yeah that infuriated me to read that that this is the reason you're giving that the, that's the, why we can't do anything the idea like well oh. you know we can't you know like i, I remember there was the, the thing was like well, why don't we get a database we'll get a database oh. and we'll just we'll just collect yeah. anytime we see you know a, a pastor minister you know whatever uh charged with sexual abuse or whatever we got a database and we keep that thing fresh and that way our churches can know it's another way of and and the response from you know some in the EC were like well that's impossible it's unrealistic you know churches are <laughs> autonomous we really can't do that and the whole time except they did they did they they did that very thing for <laughs> ten it. years they had over what four hundred I don't know what it was approximately four hundred names seven hundred victims okay yeah seven hundred victims unbelievable and for approximately four hundred names I forget uh, of of people they maintained it for ten years. They maintained it for 10 years, but never did anything with it. And every once in a while, they would say like, well, maybe we should, but we're not going to do anything about it. It makes me sick so there's, to think about. You know, the, the, the lying, the gaslighting, all of it mm. is is really frustrating. And I know, you know, people look at this and um, and the world, of course, is outraged. You know, when it happened, when it was, when you saw what was happening in the Catholic Church, right? And you watch movies like Spotlight. Oh you know, my whatever. gosh. And, uh, and it's, and I remember feeling just as outraged. Yeah. This is this is no different. But I'm not, you know, I'm not Catholic. I'm doctrinally we're anti-Catholic, <laughs> we're Protestants. But you know, it's like you're supposed to be helping. You're supposed to be protecting. And these are image bearers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my gosh. And the, the task of, of of protecting people is built into it. You know, I'm actually, you know, I got sick, so I couldn't preach the sermon I was scheduled to preach on, which is um, Acts six and what I believe is the uh, the proto diaconate, right? When the deacons were created, because mm -hmm. there were some some. Uh, some members of of the of the church, right? These, these Hellenist widows. Uh, so there was a group who was being mistreated. They were they were not being cared for. And uh, when it came to the attention of the apostles, they're like, "All right, well, we got to deal with this because we're the church." 
and we take care of each other. That's what we right? do. We, yeah. we care for those who are overlooked, oppressed, and we want to help. And so we're going to put together a team of people to address this specific need. So I'm actually in God's providence. I couldn't preach on that. This came out. And so you can bet I will be talking about this report mm -hmm. during this sermon because it is related. Right. We failed as a convention to do one of the things that we're supposed to do as a church or as a convention of churches. Well, yeah, and you think about who would Jesus be standing with? Yeah. The, these committee members that are worried about the organization's reputation being sullied or having to lose money in lawsuits yeah. or something like that, or would he be standing with the people that have been victimized? I, I tend mean, to think, I don't think, I think Jesus would be standing. I think he'd be flipping some tables oh, over. Seriously. I, I think he'd be, you know what I mean? Uh, Jesus showing up at an executive committee meeting uh, at some point back in the day, I, I think it would have been a, a dramatic experience. And I know people use that a lot. Like, you know, Jesus would turn over tables and they, they apply it to a lot of things, but it certainly applies here. Think of yes. all of the passages throughout scripture where God talks about his heart for the oppressed, for the widow, mm -hmm. for the disadvantaged, for people that he expects the people of God in particular to be caring for. And it's why he sends judgment to Israel again and again. It's like, oh, you know what? You're, you're mistreating the wife of your youth. So guess what? <laughs> oh, your shepherds are, are mistreating the people. So here's what I'm going to do. Right. So like this is really significant stuff. And as we're, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at this report and the, the world is watching and talking about it. And of course, great. Now they have another opportunity to say, see, hypocrites, liars, fakes, and phonies, which, you know, is somewhat fair in some measure and not fair in other ways. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this is the investigation was launched because we demanded it. Right. right. So that's, that's good. But then the church looks at this and we, you know, a lot of people are starting to ask, well, then what, you know, what's, what do we do? Do we, do we, should we just leave? Is, is the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, so corrupt that there's no saving it? You know, like some people think like, oh, we need to leave the SBC because it's too liberal or woke or whatever. Um, other people think they need to leave the SBC because it's not reformed enough. Uh, you know, and now we've got a whole bunch of people saying, maybe we need to leave the SBC because it's immoral. Right. It's just it's it's unrighteous because of of how victims like the most vulnerable people who have been who have experienced the most significant form of trauma somebody can experience. Right. Right. Sexual abuse. Uh, it, it, maybe it's time to just walk away and join something else. I mean, do you, right. you, do you feel that do you feel like that sort of yeah. tension? I when I was reading. Well, when I first heard about it before I even read this, when I when I saw people summarizing on Twitter and things like that. Yeah, my I uh, to be honest, my first thought was like, okay, are we are we out? Because I I know you guys, you you're not okay with this, you know, and I know that we are with missionaries. We love to plant churches. We do that whenever we can, and I'm sure our, our affiliation with the SBC has made that possible. The ones we have planted, and all of that's so good. But are we are are we literally going to sacrifice people? Right. For those good works, like in this way, I, that doesn't seem okay, you know? Right. And so, yeah, that was my first thought, like we're out, right? But then my second thought was, wait a minute. Yes, we could be, but but we also could stick around a bit and see if we could help fix this, you know, if it's fixable. And, you know, and, and not just, uh, you know, cut bait and run kind of yeah. an idea, you know, is... And, and I think you bring up a good point. The fact that the messengers demanded this means there are significant numbers of us 
across our nation who are who have said enough and we're not okay with this this is not what's happening at the local level and yeah. and why are you you know this is not okay i think you know like we we left x29 not because x29 was corrupt or anything it just it didn't fit anymore for us it was just you know we didn't really you know i i, I like the guys in x29 um but it just didn't seem to be a partnership anymore so we're like well we'll just cut those ties and god bless them and god bless us um but that took years mm -hmm. for us to make that call and you know even as an sbc church i mean i've been southern baptist since 94 and um i've been in southern baptist churches since and uh and i'm grateful for the sbc every church that i've planted that we've sent out all sbc and um and we still have always you know evaluated like are we still are we going to stay sbc because it's not just once in always in it's mm -hmm. like no we're in and then if they get in the way of what god's called us to do then we're out or if it right. goes off the rails and it's never been an urgent thing like we need to make up our mind right now because it's been like well it's a big tent there's disagreements right there's really good stuff there's some bad stuff things change and i've things i've seen things change some really good things happen but this is very significant in that it's not like, is there the possibility of drift? You know, is there, are, are there some parts that, um, where there's some bad doctrine and then, you know, what's our recourse and how do we deal with it? All of that's important, but this is, this is heinous sin that was committed by leadership. And so it does warrant a lot of attention and some really sober thinking. I think that you know, I'm, I'm crafting a statement uh, on, on behalf of the elders, and then all the elders will look at it, so we'll all have a chance to take a swipe at it. But we're putting together a statement uh, that might be released by the time this drops, I don't know, and um, for our church, right? So that everybody knows, like, hey, listen, here's where we're at, here's what we're thinking, um, because we know some of our people are going to have thoughts. I mean, everybody's going to have thoughts about the report, and some people are going to want to probably say like, hey, we don't want to be in the SBC anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we want to shepherd our people through that um, and help them to, you know, be patient, right? As patient as we can be, um, you know, hopeful, but also, you know, we're going to be strategic. And um, there's, there's no sense in which we're going to stay in a convention that won't do the right thing. Right. We're, we won't do that. And so this next convention, I'm going to be there. Jimmy's going to be there. I don't know if we have any other messengers going. It'll be in California, so um, so yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be there in Anaheim in June. So uh, it's going to be it's gonna be something. We've got three <laughs> guys running for president, and no offense, it's really two guys. It's it's gonna come down to Tom Askall and uh, and and Bart Barber, um, and it, yeah, there's there's just going to be a, it's going to be. That the presidential race in and of itself was going to be, I think, somewhat contentious. Mm -hmm. uh, now with this, I mean, we're going to have to deal with this. I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to see resignations? Um, it, oh. it, it, it's it's going to it's not going to be a pleasant one. Mm -mm. Oftentimes they are pleasant. Sometimes it's a mix. This is going to be a hard this one. This can be heavy. There should be some real lamenting. Yep. Um, and a lot of people are calling for that. I don't know if you've seen that. They're saying like, hey, yeah, hey guys, why don't we chill? On all the celebration stuff. No, the rah-rah stuff. stuff. Yeah, yep. like read the room. Lose it. Let's uh, let's get serious and sober, repent and pray, and then chart a, a path forward. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm hoping to see some very um, specific steps. 
Yeah. Well, guideposts really made some recommendations. Yeah. Okay. Didn't and they? I didn't get that far. Mm-hmm. I need to read that. And I, that's what I would like to see. You know, hopefully, if they've got the database, then well, great. We've got a. They're supposed to release that tomorrow. Yeah, and we've got something to start with. So you know get it in the hands of people who are really good with that kind of stuff and let's go, you know, and now we have it. Um, But even just, and I get that at a national level that maybe that isn't the place to go for help. Right. Right. It, you know, in terms of we have someone that has suffered this way, what do we do? Okay. So a, a national organization can give guidance. Like this is what we recommend. Here's the steps you should take. This is who you should contact. Um, these are the people that you should involve, law enforcement, counselors, whatever, you know, that's all good. But in terms of expecting people at a national level to deal with that, no, you know, I, to me, it always, it's always stunning. Like why weren't police like some of the first people that were called? Yeah. And you I know it's criminal activity. And it's like, we're talking 2000, we're not talking 1979. Right. And again, that doesn't excuse it, but I, I, you know, you go back like John MacArthur's church in like 1980 something, like, you know, there's allegations that they didn't go to the authorities when Mm -hmm. they should have. Um, And they they should have. And it's easy for me to say I would have, but, um, but, but that wasn't like as known. It wasn't as established as it should be in the minds of people. Right. Uh, sexual abuse wasn't even talked about it like it is today. Back well, then. And I get, I imagine one of the things are like, wait, this is a, a quote unquote dispute between fellow believers. We're not supposed to go to the civil authorities Goodness, or we're yeah. not. No, this is criminal behavior. Right. This is civil law violation. Yeah. This isn't church law violation. I mean, yes, morally, yes. But yeah. you can no, deal with the church is, stuff. Yes, but this is beyond that. State bears the sword for a reason, Paul says in Romans. So let him wield it. Right. You know, I don't. So I, I I'm, and that's not giving anybody a pass. Please don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me. As you know, like listeners who've been listened long, like know that I, I was sexually abused as a kid. So like I'm sensitive to this stuff. Like I, like it, it you know, it, it bothers me. There's a personal level. I'm sympathetic towards people uh, that are in this empathetic. So I'm not saying that. Oh, because it was in the 70s or 80s, nobody knew better. I, I think we did know better. But by 2000, the principles yeah. were so clearly established. Like yes. there was no question. And listen, we have we have had to deal with this stuff, you know, in, in my ministries where like, oh, here's a credible accusation um, and we've had to deal with it. We call the authorities. We get everybody involved. Um, like we don't. And that's not like, oh, pat on the back. That's just what you're supposed that's to do. normal procedure that's like what else am i yeah there is no other option right i'm gonna sit people down and try and keep it quiet now you're gonna forgive your abuser and your abuser's really sorry and i'm gonna it's like that's not right <laughs> that's not the path forward um i you know what i even get the whole like given even what's gone on in our nation in the past five years with you know supreme court nominees being accused and things like that and people were saying believe all women right okay I'm a counselor. I, maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud, but I'm not even. I'm not for believe all women because guess what? Sometimes people do make false accusations. Yeah, of course, but invest investigate all accusations. allegations yeah, or whatever. Allegations, yeah. Yes, you know that I'm for. Take them seriously. Absolutely. You know, believe the person when they're telling you enough to be like, we will look into this. Yeah, I'm all for that. And if it if they find credible things, then great. If they don't, then all right, fine. And we can move on from there. It's interesting. But you can't ahead. be afraid of looking for the truth. Right. And Do not be afraid of the truth. Yeah. Let it let it play out. It, it's it's interesting because you know, not that long ago. How long ago was that? Believe all women. Oh gosh. 
Was that 2017, 2018? Okay, I don't so know. Not that when long was ago. that? No. I mean, okay. it was during the Trump administration. Who believes, right? who believes Amber Heard? <laughs> I don't know many. It not many. Like. <laughs> no, no. Now listen, I'm not saying she's lying. I'm not saying Johnny's innocent. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, there seems to be a bit more common sense in this moment, at least with that trial, mm -hmm. where it's not just like, well, just believe whoever makes the claim. It's like, well, let's look at the claims. Let's look at the evidence. But, you know, you, but you, you have to, you have to take it seriously. And yeah, that, that means that, it, it's a mess. I know a guy. I know a guy. He was a deacon, and uh, not in any church that I planted. But I know a guy uh, who was a deacon who was accused by uh, a high school student mm. of 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 touching her and um, going after her. And uh, it was taken very seriously. Um, and thankfully, praise God, she admitted pretty quickly that no, I made it up. It was. Oh man! And, and this this kid had this yeah. kid had a lot of issues, and so there was kind of a thought like, okay, let's you know they didn't they didn't roll their eyes, they didn't dismiss her, but they kind of thought like she's troubled and she's got some she some needs issues. help. Yeah. So let's let's look into this and be careful here. And then she she did admit it, but you can't just assume. No. And you 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 have to take there. Yes, there's going to be a hit, and I, I guess that's the problem, right? Like, well, if I take it seriously. And it has to be somewhat public at some point, right? There's been an accusation made, right. so we're investigating. Then doesn't that damage the person's reputation? And it certainly does in the world, right? Because right? we, in that sense, I've thought we both have sons, and I've thought right. about my son and thought, okay, th this is we're in a, a guilty until proven innocent yeah. scenario right now yeah. for guys in a lot of cases. And so, yeah, as the mother of a son, I, I've. I'm concerned about that. I, I absolutely think we should take all allegations seriously. You should look into them, but we shouldn't jump to the conclusion that it's absolutely true. I mean, I've kind of always been a skeptic in that sense, like I, mainly because I didn't want to be gullible and stupid and right. just fall for anything, you know, so it's for my own, you know, whatever. But but yeah, I think we should. We should we should believe it. We should look into it, you know, believe it enough to look into it and investigate it. But yet not to the point where we're like, oh, that jerk or scumbag or whatever, you know, like he yeah. did it. No, we got to find out. And then know? follow it all the way through. Absolutely. If this person was is found to be innocent, then you have to make this super clear. These accusations were That's shown to just be as false, public. not yeah. credible. This person and like you have to hold them up and like right. defend them and reestablish them. Uh, and if they're guilty, then yeah, don't. And th don't don't sweep it under the rug. And this mm -hmm. is you know, one of the one of the most troubling things that you see in this this uh, study, this task force um, that they uncovered, and that we've seen you know exposed you know in uh, by other investigative journalists and whatnot, is that uh, someone will get caught doing the wrong thing, and they'll just like in the Catholic Church, they just get moved on to another church. Like, it, oh, we'll it, just get out of here. To me. We'll plug you in somewhere else, and the the idea that i mean are the are the people in charge are the leaders in charge in that situation where they they somebody gets caught doing something or accused of doing something so they just move them out and plug them in somewhere else so they can keep doing their thing do they le legitimately not believe the accusation are they so blinded by their friendship or their loyalty that they've lost any sense of justice or do they know okay this guy did something mm. 
but God's going to use them anyway, so I'm just going to move oh them. Like, I, what's gosh. going on in their head? I have no idea. You're a counselor. I, Explain that oh to me. Oh, my gosh. I can't. <laughs> like, I <laughs> literally can't. I need some answers. Because I'm, th- because I'm, I'm thinking like you. I'm like, these, these guys have... I assume they have kids. I would just say daughters, but there's an account oh, yeah. of a of a male being abused. So this isn't just about women. And they have daughters and sons. They have grandchildren, I assume, right? They're, mm. They have wives. I mean, I, I don't understand it. And so I don't know if it was like the Catholic Church where, you know, dioceses literally, they do move people around. Right. That, I mean, even not in abuse cases like that's what yeah. they do yeah. they they move them around they they have control over that in this case i don't know if they were p- specifically taken from one church and put in another or if they were just allowed you know we're not going to say anything so you're free to roam about yeah. the country well some of them got <laughs> help know? they got help they got letters written okay. like, oh they got endorsements or whatever and see that i don't understand it and if they oh, if they knew and then also then still let it happen mm. Yeah, it's, anything it's really hard that anybody for me. ever said about any of these celebrity pastors, you don't get to say it anymore. Then, yeah, because I'm sorry, it's just as bad. And it is, you know, it's it's a bit strange for me because I'm seeing people, I'm I'm seeing some people interact with the the report, and you know, most people are upset and they're like, "This is really wrong." Some people are are instead like finding side issues. And like, like side issues related to the report, and they want to know, like, well, how come this isn't being addressed? Or, it, in other words, they miss the forest for some of the trees. Mm-hmm. They're like so focused on a couple of things. It's like your lack of of grief, your your lack of clarity in denouncing this uh, is is troubling when you're you're focusing on other issues that need attention sure but like at this very moment we really just need everybody to come together to focus on what's most important prioritize right and work things out in a i think in a logical matter we definitely need a strategy here i had a question for you is what do you think is behind some of some of the the way that these people function these leaders that would demonize victims blame them dismiss them hide it um, is it is it misogyny? There's like a lot of people like oh, see this is just misogyny. They 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 hate women. They don't like women. Is it um, is it something else? Is it uh, you know is it is it misanthropy? Do they, do they hate everybody? <laughs> I mean, mm. is it a mix? Like, yeah, I think it could be any of those things. A combination of them. You know, some of it. The other thing I was thinking about as I was reading this and realizing like the the scope of the organization, you know, nationally and things like that, the whole idea. And and we have seen this right when with celebrity pastors that there were they were surrounded by people who became whether they were yes men to begin with. Right. It remains to be seen. I don't know. But they became yes men because of the whole idea of, hey, this is too big to fail. Yeah. This ministry is doing too much good. We, we can't lose this guy because of the greater good. And. I, the, the larger organizations get, whether they're churches or something like the SBC or companies or whatever, mm. the the bigger the danger is of that happening. So there's that element, I think, that comes into play. Like, oh, we can't let this get out because it'll sully our name. It'll tarnish us. And we are really trying to do good. Can we somehow just kind of take care of this on the side? I think there's that. But I do think 
um, there may be pride, there may be power issues, you know, at play. But I gotta admit, you know, when I see some of these women, and I, I'll, I'm not a, I'm not a feminist. I'm a complementarian. I don't, you know, I, I'm fine with that. But when women are being discussed as causing men to stumble regularly, being emotional and not in control of them, the, their emotions, um, seen basically as problems or that they need to be managed Mm -hmm. i'm sorry that i'm starting to think like i I think that's got to be part of this somewhere yeah i I, and i'm not quick to say that i'm really slow to say that but i can't help it anymore i'm i'm kind of done i think for for me when i when i when i think through this i i do think the central sin that, well, and I guess this would apply to every sin, but when I look at leaders doing this, the central sin seems to be pride. Mm-hmm. They are self-important. They they have to come first. Their priorities have to come before everything else. And then it manifests itself in different kinds of sins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people become you know, predators, you know, and abusers themselves. Right. Um, other people uh, aren't, but they 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 are misogynistic there there are men who hate women and there are women who hate men like that's absolutely you know, but we're, we're i think we're a little too quick to just dismiss like oh i'm not a misogynist stop it like be, this guy that guy's not a misogynist it's like well okay you say like that guy's not a racist okay well well here's what he said is, is what he said racist is that a racist thing you know uh was it a joke was it a racist joke was it a racial joke um what is his history demonstrate what do his actions demonstrate mm-hmm. i think after a while you can go like well based on all the evidence that i see the guy looks like a racist or the guy looks like a misogynist looks like he hates women the way he treats and interacts with people it shows a, a devaluing of a person of a, whether it's because of their gender or their ethnicity or whatever right i think you can you know if you have the evidence you can clearly you should be able to clearly say like well i think that's a that's a fair statement so i think we're really quick as christians to be like oh well they're a christian so they can't they can't be a racist, or they're a Christian, therefore they can't. And it's just no. that's that's not how it works. Uh, Christians commit all kinds of sins, and we get turned around in our theology, practically speaking. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you you can be a Christian who is a racist. Now, are you being Christian in that? No, you're not. But it doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means that your faith is corrupt at that level. Right. So we still have to deal with it. We still have to root it out. We still have to try to understand it. And I think when we're looking at this, I I think we need the solutions, the protocols. I know that they just established a a hotline that people can now call. They just released that. Um, And some people are saying, well, don't call them because they're just going to, you know, do the same thing again. Uh, But it's actually being operated by guideposts. So hopefully that's different. Yeah. 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 It's good. So I I think that's, I think we're starting to make some good steps even in the days immediately following this release. But I think we, so we need this, we need the protocols we we need the structures but like anything we need to deal with the heart we you know so we need Absolutely. both we need both we I, I want us to put things in place to keep people safe practically we need guardrails and bumpers and all that stuff uh but we also need to address the heart issues which is how we look at each other how we relate to each other um you know accountability how we and, talk about each other yeah yeah all it, of it and yes, it does. It does. Yeah, it, it always comes down to the gospel, right? Of, of course, but the gospel properly understood, specifically applied, um, and then really like lived out with the application of God's law of, of you know his his ways. And so I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that 
throughout this summer and you know into Anaheim and then moving forward we see some some real change but there's 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 I don't know yeah and I all those things you talk about like the all the protocols and the things like that to me doing those it could it could be one of two things you're doing it because you feel like you have no choice because the national media has grabbed this right. and stuff or it could be a signal that we really mean this. Yeah. You know, our hearts are in the right place. We we do really want to do the right thing. And I think, frankly, you know, part of how we can tell how this is going is are, are people doing this willingly and, and with a repentant attitude, even if they personally did not do this. Right. But because we're a part of this organization, we feel the weight of this and and we're acknowledging that and so yes we are open we are listening you know what do we need to do or are they fighting it kicking and screaming the whole way yeah well like we we talked to uh pastor adam wyatt he's a pastor of corinth baptist church and um we talked to him goodness back in uh, 2021 he's a member of the executive committee mm -hmm. and so we had him on the podcast to talk about um you know what what this controversy was all about initially and you know waiving privilege and all of that so i've talked to people on the executive committee i know that there are godly people there that want to do the right thing that Absolutely. were for this let's waive the privilege let's get the facts let's find out what's going on so i want to encourage people to you know do not make the mistake that the world makes right the world sees a corrupt church and they go oh churches are corrupt right. or they see a bad pastor and they go see you can't trust christians they're all hypocrites and like you 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 hear that and you go that nah, that's not fair don't blame jesus or don't blame the church for what some people are doing exactly and it, it applies here too absolutely the sbc as a whole is not corrupt in that way but we have some we definitely have some corruption and we need to deal with it and i think we are dealing with it and so i'm hoping that there is brokenness and repentance and a willingness to do the right thing. I, I'm, I'm hoping that there is real revival. And that's something that I think everybody who's running for president in the SBC wants. We need mm -hmm. revival in our hearts, in our convention. Um, so that's, that's a good call. I'm hoping that we have really good days ahead of us and that we, you know, we don't have to leave the SBC, but it's always on the table. Like, you know, our church, is Southern Baptist uh, for as long as uh, as that's a good thing, and mm -hmm. if it's no longer a good thing, then we will no longer be. And uh, because our identity is not found in the Southern Baptist Convention, our identity is found in Christ. Absolutely, and we're a part of His body. So, hey, Krista, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We like having you on. It's Everybody likes having you on. Clearly, come on, you got your wisdom. You know, you don't uh, you don't you don't talk over me and like Jimmy does all the time. You know, you don't you don't <laughs> steal my thunder. We miss you, Jimmy. We do. Jimmy. I'm like, come, Jimmy and I are going to be at the... We keep getting these messages. You guys are going to be in Anaheim? Yeah. Where, where are we smoking? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, it'll happen. They're like, we'll, we'll be somewhere. But it's going to be a busy one. So uh, listen, uh, this is All Access. Now, we're making this available to everybody this week because we got Krista on and we're talking about the... Um, the report, the guidepost solutions, uh, independent investigation thing. But uh, listen, if you want to support Doctrine and Devotion, 
subscribe to All Access. It's a way that allows us to continue to do what we're doing. And uh, you can subscribe by just scrolling down on your podcatcher. Look for the link that says support the podcast. Click that. You can sign up. It's like 10 bucks a month. Uh, or you can go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access and sign up there. You know, we got our podcast regularly dropping on Mondays and Thursdays. So uh, get it there. You can go to the website, doctrineanddevotion.com. And if you're looking for hoodies or t-shirts, things like that, you can go to joefostore.com. Dot com. If you want to follow Krista on social media, what is it? Is it what is your, what is my handle? I think it's just at Krista McDonald. Really? Is it really? <laughs> I think so. That's pretty good. I'm gonna look it up right <laughs> I now. I think it is at Krista. Look at that at Krista McDonald. There I am. He's not like Jimmy. He's got numbers I've and got stuff. Like, in his. I got like a handful of followers. Krista McDonald. <laughs> look at that. Oh, look. She's got her showing her neck tattoo in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't have that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you. Listen, listen up on Thursday. We got another interview dropping.